This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. What a what a what an unbelievable little chat message to start the show. Way to go, Cheeto freak! It's rare that I introduce you before Verderam, but uh, now that Mitchell Trubisky is out of the playoffs, who's the best remaining quarterback out there? Hey, Matt Verderam, I want to congratulate you. I want to congratulate uh, all Chiefs fans out there and professionals alike who root for Kansas City. Uh, I think you won the Super Bowl, buddy. I think you uh, did it. No, they did not win the Super Bowl. They they didn't even get to the Super Bowl. It feels like they won the Super Bowl, brother. That they are—I uh, I, I suppose the Rams have a chance at it. But that was one of the the uh, the craziest, and everything's been said about it. But uh, with 13 seconds to go, were you under a table? Did you leave the house? What what were you doing? No, I was in my office. I was actually right where I am right now, and I was on the phone with the old man, as I always am during Chiefs games, and uh, I was saying how, look, we're going to go on the Aerodactic podcast here in about a minute because I, I figured the game was about to end. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to crush Spagnolo for the way they played at the end of this game. Like, it wasn't even that they had given up the points. It was the way they gave up the points. It was no no Bolton, no Gay. It was man coverage with DeAndre Baker. And it's, I, you're no, no, to be fair to Spagnolo, and I was also going to make this point, they had the Honey Badger for the last three and a half quarters, and they – didn't have Rashad Fenton, and they were they were playing with a short deck. But I was getting ready to just to crush them for that and for Andy Reid's dumbass play call down near the goal line where they had Blake Bell running an option. Um, and to be honest with you, Carl, I didn't get any chance at helling that game. I mean, I, I just figured Buffalo's going to play coverage. They're going to rush up and tackle anything short. That's going to be the end of it. I, I cannot understand how they play. Like, everybody's killing McDermott for the kickoff, which we can get into, and that's fine. I was more appalled from a Buffalo standpoint at how Leslie Frazier called the defense there. What are you doing? I mean, they gave the Chiefs, like, as great as it was as a, for a comeback, and it was. Those are the two easiest throws Mahomes had the whole game. I mean, just wide open to Hill and to Kelsey – it was the easiest 44 yards you could imagine giving up in 10 seconds. Yep. And uh, just talked to Mark Schlereth. I was asking him, hey, uh, Leslie Frazier's getting a lot of – and I love Leslie Frazier, by the way. First class all the way. Won a Super Bowl with the Bears when I was a kid, so I'm a little biased. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see that guy get a head coaching chance. However, that was not what you want to put on your resume when you're interviewing for jobs right now. Uh, so. And but conversely, like I don't know, Todd Bowles, what are you doing? Cooper Cup's running straight down the middle of the field. You didn't even oh, make a move. We'll you, get to that game. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, there's a lot of coaching I agree going on. Yeah. Um, look, I my honest takeaway from that Chiefs Bills game is that game that is going to be remembered forever. Like as long as we talk about football, that was one of the great games. Like to me. And you know I love history. That game's right up there with, like, the 81 Orange Bowl. And all this, like, that kind of just unbelievable back and forth. But I thought this game, and I really have thought about this since the game ended, that was the greatest quarterback game I've ever seen. 
ever. Like, both guys combined. Obviously, look, there have been games with more yards. There have been games where one guy maybe had more of an unbelievable stat line. But in terms of the two guys just going throw for throw, play for play, that is the greatest exhibition of quarterback play I've ever seen, ever. I defy anybody to tell me, where was one pass that should have been intercepted? Where was where was one pass that was poorly thrown? Not even like an incompletion. Like, those throws were hitting guys in the numbers. I mean, that, that Mahomes throw to Hill in the two-minute, that, that almost was a game winner, and then gets lost to time, that throw was perfect. Like if it's a if it's six inches behind him, it's a, it's a fifteen yard catch and a tackle. If it's ahead of him, maybe he stumbles and doesn't get going. It hits him perfectly, runs for sixty four yards and a touchdown. They both led their teams in rushing yardage. Mahomes led the entire weekend in rushing yardage. He was the rushing leader for the weekend. I mean, they were spectacular. It was unbelievable watch, and I think that by the way is what the game's going to be remembered for. Yes, the Chiefs won, and if you're a Chiefs fan, certainly look that—that's you're all remembered for, and rightfully so. You'll, but the, the NFL fan, NFL lore—that's that'll always be. It'll be remembered for Mahomes and Allen, and for those 13 seconds. The the Allen throw to give the lead into the end zone was—I mean—a frozen freaking rope. I and. I don't know how high is up for this guy, but like, and I, I look at like, does Cincinnati have a chance? You know, we can talk about that. Uh, uh, this this podcast is going to be all over the place here, but it wasn't just his throws; it was his elusiveness, the way that the dude gets out of trouble, and then he can turn up field, and he's enormous, and he's running guys over. I mean, he is a problem yeah. times ten. No, he's he's incredible. Like, I don't think Allen is as consistent as Mahomes, but is but is his best game, as we saw Saturday or Sunday, rather, his best game is as good as Mahomes' best game. I mean, that was that was genuinely. I mean, you know, again, I love history. I'm a nerd to the hilt with that stuff. That was the best exhibition of quarterback play I genuinely think in NFL history from two guys, just over and over and over and over. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Nobody made a mistake. And it wasn't even like one of these games where like some guy dropped a pick. And, you know, none of it. None of it. Allen fumbled once, but he recovered it. That was it. That was the only play that was even like a potential turnover. And he got wrecked. It wasn't even his fault. I I could not believe how well both guys played. And I'll say this. You look at this. You look at the score. 42-36. Oh, wow. It was this offensive shootout. And, and to a degree it was. It was 26-21 at the two-minute warning. Like, I actually thought both defenses played really well. I mean, the Bills didn't have White. The Chiefs didn't have Matthew for essentially the entire game. They're without Fenton. I thought the defenses were, were fantastic for 58 minutes. And then the quarterbacks just went insane, and I, I think both teams were just exhausted by the end of it. So you get to overtime. You're the Bills. You lose the coin flip. Do you you're, not? You're, it's over. Right. So do you, right. So I'm saying you, you got to know we're not stopping them. They've got Patrick Mahomes and and I'm not, this is, you know, I don't know if it, I'm sure it doesn't change the game because you probably lose it, but do you onside kick at that point? 
Like outside of the fact that you didn't squib kick with 13 seconds to go. You can't. You know, I hear you. It's not like it's actually it's kind of an interesting point, but you can't because I mean, can you imagine if you do that and then you get like you just? I I I think you're right in the sense of oh, look, man. Um, like when the Chiefs won the toss, I think everybody felt the same way. Like he's he's going down the field. He's going down the field, and it, there's no stopping him at this juncture. Like. Even even me, as someone who is a Chiefs fan, who's, who's got scars for the 25 years I went through hell with that franchise. Like, when when they got the toss, I was like, this game's done. The Bills could play 15 defenders, and Mahomes is just going down the field at this point. But, no, I don't think – I think if there's anything in this game, there's one sequence that's hidden in the game that if you're a Bills fan – Look, and it happens. Like, it's not catastrophic. But I think that you'll look back and go, oh, that was a spot. It was 7-7 seven to seven early in the game. Obviously, early in the game. And the Chiefs get a stop. Uh, they, they, they sacked Allen. Ingram got a sack near midfield. They, the, the Bills punt, and they pin the Chiefs at the one-yard line. And Kansas City doesn't get out of there. They go three and out. I think we got to, like, the five or six. They punt the ball away. Buffalo starts at, like, like give or take their own 44, 45 yard line. That's a spot where you got to get some points. You've got to get some points. You were just on the Chiefs' side. You got knocked out with a sack. You have a perfect punt from a punter who struggled all year in Matt Hawk. You then three and out the Chiefs, which never happens. You get the ball back, and then you go three and out. And you punt, and the Chiefs get the ball at the 14 yard line and go 86 yards for a touchdown. That's a sequence in that game where you had field position. Your defense got a huge stop, and your offense got sacked out of out of Chiefs territory, and then you get three and outed, and you've got a punt. That was a big, 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 big spot where they could have they could have at least stayed ahead of the Chiefs. They could have had the Chiefs in chase mode. They didn't do it. And it came back to bite them in the ass. I'm sure there's a lot that they're looking back at. Uh, by the way, in the chat today, the, we are just very pleased to welcome Cheeto Freak's dad. Uh, so not only Cheeto Freak, but the pop pops the is family. here. And uh, you know, yeah. I mean, if we if we can get uh, you know extended family on here, who's ever available going forward, that would be amazing. Uh, thank you, Cheeto Freak um, and, and family. But. Let, let, let's let's go back to to uh, the the a more macro conversation here on NFL and overtime. Do you have a solution for this? Because what it is right now sucks, and I think everybody you know would agree. Yeah, go ahead. So first of all, I do think it should change the rules. Okay, um, I will say I don't want to hear it in the sense that the Chiefs lost the AFC title game like this three years ago, and they actually proposed to change the rule, and every other team in football is like, "Nope, go to hell. That's your problem." So it is what it is. However, I do think they should change the rule. I've thought that for years. I thought that before three years ago. I, I feel it that way today. I don't the problem is I don't know what the what the best answer is. I don't know that there's you can't just play indefinitely. You can't just go on and on and on and on and on. Like I saw somebody I've seen a lot of people say, well, whoever wins a toss should determine where the ball's placed. And then the other team should determine whether or not they want the ball. Or they want to try to stop you. 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Gino Freak says, well, honestly, probably what I would say, which is just play out the 15 minutes, play the full overtime. Just play it out. And, and, and however it shakes, it shakes. Um, but I – you here, Here's a couple of things. From, I, don't know, from my... I don't know that there's a perfect, perfect solution to a, an imperfect and an odd situation because it doesn't often happen. Okay, well, for one, look, if you if you want to win the game on the first possession, you should have to go for two. I think that is a, a very easy switch. It, um, and even then, like, I, I don't think that should do it. Like, the other – why shouldn't the other team get a chance to go down the field and go for two? But if you do want it to be able to end on that first possession, you definitely should have to go for two. For, for the win. I don't hate it. I mean, look, there's a lot. Of I'll, I will say this, though, and I do believe this. And I said this. You can check it three years ago when the Chiefs lost to the Pats. You know what? I agree. I don't like the rules. I don't. But stop them. I mean, do something. Uh, I, I said the it. same thing when Bob Sutton was out there playing cover two man under and I wanted to just jump out of a window watching him third and ten play Brady in the most static defense in the world. I don't like it. I would change the rules. I agree with you. But I will say, like, you are an NFL team. Like, then stop it. I mean, do something. The Bills had them on third down at their own 34-yard line. Couldn't stop them. Now, again, do I think from a football perspective, from a fan perspective, that it's 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 right to have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen sitting there on the sideline during overtime? No, uh, I don't. But I do believe, genuinely, that there is something to be said for it. It is a team game. And and if you do stop them, you then just need a field goal. So, you know, th- there is that. I mean, if, if the Bills get off the field, Allen doesn't have to go, let's say, 75, 80 yards. He's got to go 40 or 30, and they win. So I don't like it. They should change it. But I also do think, like, the whining about it from certain corners of the world, look, give it a rest. You need to stop the Chiefs for 13 seconds, man. 13 seconds. Like, that's where they lost the game. Overtime, yeah. Of they course. Lost. You lost because you had 13 seconds, gave up 44 yards in 10 of them, and then gave up a field goal. You're, I think you're spending a little too much time on Twitter right now dealing with the people who are mad at Kansas City, which, well, by the I way. Just, I, that's just my take on it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. There's a lot. It's interesting, too, by the way. The Chiefs are officially moving towards – New England, as far as fans getting sick of them, there is a there is a slight yeah, movement yeah. towards towards chief uh, exhaustion, which is a, which is a credit, by the way, to Kansas City. So congratulations. But and I'll wrap with the overtime conversation with this. College has it better. I'm I am here for eight overtimes. I, no, I like, I'm not that. I'm not. I'd rather stick with this than college overtime. Why? Because I the, hate that shit, man. You get the ball to twenty five. And it's just all this – like, come on. I, I, that to it's, me, that is the most gimmicky crap on the face of the earth. Look, uh, I have no problem. You want to put it to 50 and do that? Okay. Let's go. Let's I'm, do that. I'm, I'm, I'll listen to that. But putting the teams at the – because the one thing I will say for college, kickers aren't nearly as good. So if you stop them, like a 40-yard field goal in college, is no, like, automatic. In the NFL, I mean, guys, guys are hitting anything inside of 50 these days almost at an automatic clip. I mean, Shrek football 45 is saying college would take so damn long. It, it, it might when it's Mahomes versus Allen. Like you'd or, be there for two hours playing that out. That, that, that's fine, but it's, that's, that wouldn't be the norm. You would have – some of them, you would have like the most epic – it'd be like tennis, fifth set battles that go on forever. 
but that would be massively entertaining. So, well, I, but well, and we can move on from the game here in a second. But I agree with Judd in the chat. It's just like this is a narrative problem. This was the best memory, best game in recent memory, perhaps ever. And we're spending all the time talking about overtime, the least exciting part. And I totally agree. Like to me, overtime. Yeah, look, it is what it is. We could argue what what should not get lost in that game. And I tweeted during the two minutes, not knowing who was going to win. Like this is one of the greatest games I've ever seen, and it was. I mean, those were that wasn't some game between two decent teams that had a shootout. That was a phenomenal football game. I mean, those two teams, I had somebody in the NFL text me the morning of the game who said, these are the two best teams in football. Whoever wins this is probably going to win the Super Bowl. Now, I think the Rams are a really, really good football team, and the Niners are are tough, and the Bengals are are tough. But that game was unbelievable. Like, how rare – and, Carm, you know, we've, we've done this forever. I mean, how rare is it? that a game gets built up the way the Chiefs-Bills game got built up. And the game itself far exceeded the hype. Where You just walked away. I mean, Carl, I needed to smoke a whole pack of cigarettes <laughs> after cutting off the filters after that game. I don't even smoke. Like, it was, it was unbelievable how great that game was. I, I was watching at the Great Myers Tavern where I used to bartend in uh, good old Glenview, Illinois. And uh, when it went to overtime, there was a crew of people uh, – to my left and there and and half the table got up to leave and i'm like i'm like, where are you going I'm like what are you doing here this is uh this is incredible um so at any rate it was listen it was a it was a an absolutely preposterous football game of in a preposterous weekend of football games so but to, to the point where i started the show for uh you all are the best team left there's no you can't you can't run away from that right now and maybe and look if uh if the Rams ram it up like they did in the second half and do everything they can to give a game away, San Francisco can get them. Absolutely, could get them. There's, there, you can't make an argument that that uh, the Rams are not by far the more talented team here um, when you put the whole rosters together, starting at the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford, can you? Ha- I mean, you just went in and beat you beat Brady in Tampa after you choked it away after seven thousand terrible turnovers. But you came up big in the end. Zero yep. blitz, Todd Bowles, whoever, whatever you want to blame it on. The dude came through. Now you're at home, maybe. To, I mean, it's going to be a ton of 49ers fans there. Um, and, the, you know, I, I just – I don't know how you can dial up, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo confidence in that game, uh, certainly after what we saw last week. But maybe he'll play a whole lot better. He's going to need to play a lot better. And then I just can't imagine the Bengals – the Bengals are going to come into Arrowhead who and and uh, you do you you know how much pressure Josh Allen was under all game long? Joe Burrow's not getting away from that. He got sacked nine times last week. He's gonna they're they're gonna get to him more than they were able to get to Allen. So I mean, I love the Chiefs this week. Well, we'll make our picks later. Um, I'll say this: Look, the Bengals are gonna have to play a hell of a lot better than they played against Tennessee to win that game. I mean, there's no way around that. The Bengals scored 19 points. Burrow's under the rest of the entire game. Yeah, I don't think there's an argument to be made that if the Bengals don't play five times better than that, they're not they're not winning that game. But they did just beat the Chiefs earlier this month, so you That's know give, true. The, That's give true. the Bengals a credit there. And Burrow threw for 445 yards in that game. So I mean, he's not exactly going to be intimidated going into Kansas City. Um, I think the NFC game is a little more interesting though, in the sense the Niners have beaten the Rams six times in a row. 
the Niners own the Rams. Now, how how healthy is San Francisco? That is the question for me. Sam is limping around. I know I know Shanahan says he should be all right, but he's limping around. Trent Williams may or may not play. That is an enormous deal. Um Garoppolo's got it feels like 18 injuries at this point. You know? Like that being said, uh I expect that place to basically sound like candlestick on Sunday. Like that's the funny thing. Like if the Chiefs play the Rams in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs will pack 80% of that place. I really believe that. Like it'll it'll sound like Arrowhead Stadium, even though it's at the Rams home stadium. Um, but it's gonna be very interesting. Look, if the Niners, if the Niners can get to Stafford, they can win the game. And that's where they've gotten them in the past. They just they're much more physical than them. And it's it's bitten the, the Rams in the ass. And the Rams, by the way, this year, they've played the, the Niners both times with with Miller and with Beckham. They've had those guys. So it's not like they haven't played them and it's a different team. They've played them. I think that game's gonna be very interesting. But I, I do want to quickly get to before we have uh, Mr. Heisler come on here in about seven minutes. Um, that Packers-Niners game, like, that's an all-time choke by Green Bay. And that's yes, not sir. to say the Niners aren't a really good team. I think they are. The Niners had half their team by the end of that game. And they scored six offensive points. And you lost at home. So, yeah. I'm sitting here trying to defend at least partly Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, it's hard to win. Peyton Manning was 14 and 13 in the playoffs. Rodgers is 11 and 10, 0 and 4, obviously, against the Niners. Like, this is not, you know, exactly all on him. However, like, upon further review, it's all, dude, you, you can't score 10 points. You can't key in on Devontae Adams. When you, when you look around, like, look at what Brady. Ray's performance, who the hell – did anybody know who Scotty Miller was before this year? Did, did anybody – Not many people, no. Not, no, and so in the biggest plays on fourth down when you have, absolutely have to have it, he's throwing 50-50 balls at Scotty Miller versus here's Rodgers. Let me just throw another ball to Devontae Adams down the middle when he's du- double covered, and the entire secondary is running to Adams while Lazard is wide open across the middle. That's on twelve. I mean, it, it's you, you can't you can't get away from it. He didn't. He he. I mean, he's in general I, the reason why they lost. I, I don't care how bad the special teams were. They they scored thirteen points. You, it's, their it's their run game was good. Go it's, ahead. It's brutal. Like I, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented players of all time, but he doesn't win shit. Like, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, he won one Super Bowl, which, okay, look, that matters. It keeps you out of that whole, like, Marino, Warren Moon, Jim Kelly, Dan Fouts conversation, right? Not that that's a horrible company to be in, but it keeps you out of that conversation. But I, the one narrative, and we have talked about this, Carmen, we talked about this all offseason because he was the story all offseason. I am so sick and tired of this idea that he doesn't have help around him. Give me a break. They, I mean, they have put unbelievable weapons around them his entire career. And this idea that, like, well, you know, he has Devontae, but nobody else. I mean, come on. He can't score any points. They have, a, they, have a, they have a really good running back. They've got maybe the best receiver in football. Their offensive line gave him plenty of time in that game. Like, do something. 
do something. I mean, Allen yesterday, or on Sunday rather, had over 200 yards to Gabriel Davis. I mean, come on. Like the Chiefs took Diggs out of the game, and Allen was just throwing missiles all over the place. I, I'm I, I don't. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't. Like Green Bay, hello. You, you, and Matt LaFleur saying it, and they're all saying it. Brian Gutenkunz, whatever. They want to keep Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron, and, and I think they absolutely should keep Aaron Rodgers. Do not go and be the Detroit Lions. You run it back and you try to figure it out once again. But I would, you got to have um, some level of, you want Devontae Adams, then we have to, it, it's going to be a, an interesting balancing act of how they do the roster. But I, I hope he comes back is my overall point here. I, if you're Green Bay, you, you're in the right mindset. You bring him back, you run it back. And there's if you lose again, well, then you lost again. At least you were right in the well, conversation winning it. You know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know that I feel this way, uh, that way. And it's not a crazy take by any means. You're probably right. Um, and, and Shrek football says you got to give the Niners defense credit. Absolutely. They were great. You're not – I totally agree. They, they played a phenomenal football game. But I do think we, we can all agree. Look, if you're an elite quarterback, I mean, you should be able to get to 20 points. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care. And in today's NFL, the way the rules are, and I just wonder if you're the Packers. Like, you've been the one seed the last two years. Like, it's been on your racket. This isn't like them having to go on the road like they did a few years ago against the Niners. It's a, you know, and the Niners were better that year. This isn't going up to Seattle. You're at home. You're at home. And Garoppolo has no arm at this point. I mean, he, he could not throw the ball at all in that game. And you lose that game. And, yeah, your special team sucked, but, I mean, holy hell, man. Score a point. Do something. Do anything. I mean, after the first drive of the game, he did nothing. He did nothing. And if you're the Packers, you're in a cap crunch. You're probably going to lose some really significant players this year. You're you're probably – maybe – look, I expect them to keep Adams one way or the other. Alexander's a free agent. Both of the Smith brothers on, on the edges, like, probably getting cut. Okay, you may not be able to keep Robert Tunyon, your tight end. There's, you know, Devondre Campbell, their first-team All-Pro linebacker who they signed on a flyer and, and, and came up aces. He's probably not coming back, or at least or, or if he is and somebody else is going. Rasul Douglas, who was incredible for them down the stretch, is a free agent and is about to cash in. Like, if, if you're the Packers, do you sit down and go, you know what, is it worth trying to run this back with a lesser cast? Or do we trade him, get a bunch of picks, we we give it to Jordan Love and see, see what's what, and if he's the answer, great. If he's not, we got to find the answer. Got to find it anyway. And then, hey, look, you you move on, and, 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 we can, and we're going to get to Ben Heisel here in one minute. Then you move on also, frankly, from the never-ending circus that is Aaron Rodgers. Like, and he's a great player. You'd be a fool not to want him on your team unless you have Mahomes or maybe Allen or a few of these other guys. But, man, at some point, is it is it not just enough? Like, regardless of how you land on, on all the COVID stuff, it's just a circus. I mean, the week of the game, he takes a half hour to talk to this ESPN reporter because, as he put it in the article, his quote, not mine, he talked to him because he thought it was going to be a hit piece on him. So then he talks to the guy. They get to this one part where, if you'll remember, Rogers talked on the Pat McAfee show, which goes on every week, about having COVID toe, which he didn't really have. It was a broken toe. 
but he talked about having COVID toe. The Wall Street Journal then wrote that story up. Rogers, then, who said he had COVID toe, which is a condition, by the way, then goes out and says, well, it's no, 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 you're, you're fake news, Wall Street Journal, even though I said it. And by the way, Molly Knight should have to apologize for her slander of me. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But he used her name in a press conference, okay? And then and then flashed his foot up on the screen. She then gets absolutely bombarded by these asshole Packer fans who are irate and all these other jerk-offs who are defending him. Oh, by the way, turns out she doesn't only not only write the article, she doesn't even work there, okay? And then in the article on ESPN, on, I believe around Thursday, he says, quote, I don't, I don't have any remorse you know, toward, toward Molly Knight. Did she have to move in with her mother for a week after this? It was so bad. Like, I don't have any remorse. But, quote, maybe I should have read the story first, end quote. I mean, what a freaking clown show and a half that is. On the heels of your playoff game, Mr. I Hate Misinformation gets this woman death threats with his misinformation because he's too lazy to read an article and see who the byline is, okay? And then doesn't apologize afterward, doesn't care. Like, if I'm the Packers, the reason I bring that up is all that stuff. He can't win in the playoffs. He hasn't in a decade. He has done nothing. He hasn't got no Super Bowl in a decade. He played like crap in that game. He played like crap last year in the NFC title game. He's 38 going on 39. He's expensive. And he's a damn headache. Like, at what point do you just say, look, we can restock the whole franchise by trading him. And what are we going to have next year anyway? A lesser team? I mean, I, yeah. maybe it's time, the time. Maybe it's time to move on. Uh, you're making a, a remotely compelling argument. But if they did that, they would be lining up to get him. And the ultimate question is, is this right? And is the squeeze worth the juice? He's going to be the MVP. So the answer is yes, it is. Sure. But, man, what is it? Like, but. He's going to be the MVP. I agree with you. And he's and I think he should be. But in the end, Carm, he never wins in the playoffs. I mean, at some point, does that not matter? And I know people will say Packers fans forever will go, but his defense, his defense, his defense. Okay. His defense held him in the game and got three picks in the second half last year against Brady, and he couldn't do anything. His defense was unbelievable on Saturday night. He couldn't do anything. I, I, for him, I, I, I got it. I got it. But if, you're that, if a team says three first, two seconds, I mean, you're, you're set up for the next decade if you draft well with that. I, I'm not. Do you really think that's what he would get? Do you think you'd oh, yeah. get three? Oh, yeah. I, I think you'd be, I don't least think it'd be a conversation. I wouldn't trade him for any less than three first, but I think they get it. Yeah. Think about the teams around the league. If you're the Steelers, right? Like, I mean, you, I think I mean, you at least can get. I mean, Stafford got two firsts and, and other stuff. Like, right, right I mean, but he's not 39. Uh, I don't know. Uh, listen. MVP either. I, no, I got it. I got it. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. I st- if that was the trade, I mean, I, I, it would be tempting. I'd still probably keep him because, listen, you're, you're the one seed. You're, in the, you, you are, you're a coin flip away from, you know, you're, you're right there. And how, it's very hard to get right there. It's hard to win, man. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. 
When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. All right, let's bring in Ben Heisler, managing editor, bet-sided. Our guy, ready to rock and roll here. 11.30, we're four minutes late because, Ben, we apologize. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? You're on mute. First, you're muted, but a good, a fine way to get things rolling. Um, I, I, honestly, I just wanted to sit back and I, I wanted to weigh in on the previous conversation. Go ahead. I, I, wanted, I, I wanted to let you roll, and I knew that if my mic was on, then you might get off topic, you might get off focus. I, I didn't want to be a part of that, so I, I wanted to just let you cook and, and have your moment to shine. What What's your take, Ben? You bringing him back? I, you have to bring him back. And actually it was, uh, it was Kevin Connor over at or Kevin Cole at pro football focus. And he put this out today. We're going to write about it a little bit later over at Betsided. statistically lining up his actual playoff performances. The, the Packers haven't lost because of Aaron Rodgers. It's been other circumstances around him. He's put up almost as good of numbers as Mahomes in the playoffs. And he's by far and away right near the top of that list as far as guys putting up quality numbers in the postseason, but the team just hasn't resulted in wins. It's hard to put that on him. Now, I I agree from the standpoint of of being a a total schmuck and a headache. Like, this is right up there with him for Rodgers. But if you're trying to go ahead and win a Super Bowl, you you can't make a logical argument that says that he doesn't deserve to be there. So they have to bring him back. I will will push back on one thing. And and I, I think, Ben, you bring up good points. There have been a lot of playoff games with him where he has crapped the bed, and they've crapped the bed offensively. And I know the stats. If you go and look at his game logs, like, well, that's not true. No, it kind of is true. Like, they, that Atlanta Super Bowl, the year they went to the Super Bowl, what was that, 20 – I can't remember. It was 2016, yeah. I think, something like that. Those are the NFC title game. He put up numbers in the second half. They were down 24 nothing at halftime. They didn't score a point for a half of football against an Atlanta team that, look, was very good, but I don't think defensively it was exactly you – know, people were, like, shaking their boots playing. This past game. He was awful, awful last year. Now, the NFC Divisional round is very good against the Rams. In the NFC title game, the Packers picked Brady off three times in that game, and they couldn't do anything. They, could, they couldn't score 30 points. I think they couldn't win that game. Like, I, I mean, there, there's so many – a couple of years ago in San Francisco, the NFC title game, they got destroyed, destroyed. He couldn't do anything. Now, look, that's, that's not – a bad game for him. Like, nobody's saying – Every bit of this is on him because that that's stupid, okay? Their special teams were a wreck yesterday or Saturday. I keep saying yesterday, this weekend, Saturday. And, and in other games, their defense has been what's let them down. Their defense has let games get away. I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. I'm not arguing that he's great. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You, look, say whatever you want about him personally. He's a great, great player. Nobody with a brain would argue that. My point is – I think the Packers have gotten to the peak of what they can be. I, I think they're going to lose guys this offseason. Obviously, they're going to draft toward the end of every round. They don't have money in the in the in the in the cash aid to, in, the, in the cash to replace him, like or to replace players around them that they lose. I just think at some point, like if they come back with him, are they a contender? Of course, they have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they're a contender, but they're not going to be as good as they have been the last two years. That two year window to me was the window. You were the number one seed in both situations. And this year, as it turns out, you had to beat a really beat-up 49ers team, and you would have had to beat the Rams at home to go to the Super Bowl. 
and you couldn't even win one game. Right, like, but at some point that is on you, man. Like it, it really is. Like you're the engine. You're the quarterback. Like you. It's the nature of the position. It's the nature of the position. It was sort of like the conversation in Kansas City for many years with how far can Alex Smith take you, right? And the wins were a certain factor, but you always knew that they needed somebody greater to take them to the next level. And sure enough, that was the situation. Rodgers has that next level. He just hasn't shown it in the postseason consistently enough to get the Packers even further. The numbers look good. And statistically, he's in that upper echelon with Mahomes, but Mahomes has gotten the results, and that does play a factor as a quarterback. You're, you're just doing a dangerous thing here in my mind. You're betting against him next year. I personally would not bet against, against them as a team next year. I know, I know. Him. I, I know. And, and I, I want to make that distinction. I'm betting against the team because they're going to lose a lot of pieces. That, and, if I, they, I, and if they can't win with this team, I don't think they're going to win with another. Let's be honest, man. If you take two stars off the bat. Like, let's, let's just say they lose Zedarius and Preston Smith and they lose Devondre Campbell and Robert Tunney, okay, which is realistic. They are $40 million over the projected cap next year. They're not, they're not on the same level as Kansas City or Buffalo. They're not. Like, they're not, they're not even maybe on the same level as some of these teams in the NFC. And now we, we don't know what the hell's going to happen with Brady, okay? The Rams, very good. The Niners, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be next year, but obviously you've got to I mean, give them their due. They're good every year that they're healthy. Um, and I do think there is a point to, if you can trade him for a boatload of picks, it may not be the worst thing franchise-wise. I'm not saying I don't think he's going to be great next year. The guy's going to be a two-time-in-a-row MVP. Like, he's great. But they haven't gotten to a Super Bowl in a decade. In a decade. Like, would you would you rather point? But okay, they're they're a lock to win the NFC North. Well, N- holy hell, Carl. Right. I mean, Philadelphia right. would be a okay. lock to win that division. Okay, okay. So they're a, they're a lock to win the division. You have Aaron freaking Rodgers. Now, granted, uh, the playoffs have not been great. Or you and you're in the you're in the, you're 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 in it. You got a shot at it. Or you're the Lions. You're the Bears. Well, you're like, not the Lions. You they're they're. How many games do they win without him? What did they when Jordan Love played the one game against Kansas City? They looked worse than the Lions. I mean, they're 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 bad. They are a well, they're, bad. They're not the Super Bowl, but do I think they could win seven games with him? Probably. Now that's not the point, right? Who cares? The, the, we're, we're now we're getting into seven. The, my my point is, we can move on and get to the AFC and AFC title games. Look, you guys, you guys make fair points, and you you could certainly make the argument and just run it back. I will say this, though, and I'll leave it at this. Is this offseason looks like last offseason where he's just bitching and bitching and bitching and bitching about? I I I trade him. I I would not. Last year and Carm, you and I talked a lot about this. We were on the same page. We both said the same thing. I would not trade him. I would tell him to kick rocks. See you in August. And that's what they did. And that's what happened. And I think they were right to do that. And I thought part of that was because they were, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL on paper. I said two weeks ago I thought they were the best team going into the playoffs. They're not going to be that team next year. They're not. They're going to lose a lot of guys. And I just – like it, for me, I don't think their ceilings to win a Super Bowl next year. They're not right. going to do that. And if they're not going to do that, then just get rid of him and get picks and set yourself up for the future. That's just my two cents. Being at the bottom and not knowing though when you're ever going to get back versus we're a playoff team, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of – it's kicking the can down the road. 
But in this case, it's a lot more enjoyable as a fan to be that, at least in my mind, than just to be dead. Okay. And the Packers without him would be dead. But okay, here, let's let's go. Ben, let's uh, let's make some money here, baby. Two games, of course, championship weekend. We're going to start uh, with the AFC, the Chiefs, with a, uh, a seven-point number here. 54 is the overrunner for the seven-point favorite. And uh, here come the fighting Joe Burrows to Kansas City after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last week. So we have a formality. They have to play two more games before the season's over. Uh, how bad do they beat Cincinnati here? Are you willing to bet on the Bengals, Ben? I, I'm not willing to bet on the Bengals because of what I just saw. But I do think you need to keep a few things in the back of your mind before running and putting your entire mortgage on Kansas City to cover in this game. Gabriel Davis on Sunday molly whopped Kansas City's defense, and they didn't have Tyron Matthew. We'll see whether or not he's able to play. But when the guy who started the year as your number four wide receiver goes for 201 yards and four touchdowns, uh, that's a severe issue in your secondary. And then you go back to week 17, where Jamar Chase had the best statistical game of a wide receiver this season for 266 yards and three touchdowns, and they never adjusted to him. Nope. And so even if Kansas City has Tyron Matthew back, which he played in that game, let's say they start double teaming Jamar Chase down the field. Well, now you still have T. Higgins, who at one point went for 196 yards this year. The Bengals have had three of the top five best receiving days in the NFL this year. Jamar Chase had number one and number three. T. Higgins had number five. There's some substantial issues that Kansas City secondary is going to need to deal with in this game to try to be able to slow down Cincinnati's pass game. I think eventually they will, but not before it, it starts being a little bit more back and forth. It's supposed to be great weather in Kansas City. There's no issue about cold weather or winds or anything along those lines. It's supposed to be 43 and sunny. I, I think this is a pure overplay, and the, the sharp betters are all over it. They moved this line from where it opened at 51. It's now at 54, 54 and a half at some books. But uh, win bet very kind right now to, to anybody that wants to bet uh, on the over for Kansas City and Bengals fans or anybody else. Give me the over. I, I think this is going to continue to climb as the week goes on. So jump on it now because both of these offenses are going to score. And, and that was what happened last time, too. It was a 34-31 game. Uh, the Chiefs didn't score more than three points in the second half, but that's because they took their foot off the gas pedal. That's not going to happen again. Give me the over. It's a big line for a championship game. Like seven points is significant. It's not, it's not 13 like we saw the Chiefs favored by over Pittsburgh, but it's, it's, it's still a big line against a team that beat the Chiefs earlier this month. It was in January. Um, Burroughs over 445 yards. And the Chiefs had their guys. It wasn't like the Chiefs were banged up. They were banged up on the offensive line, but that was it. They weren't banged up defensively. And the Chiefs couldn't do anything. Couldn't get off the field. I think, though, that game is going to really help Kansas City in this game. Because they know exactly how the Bengals want to attack them now. And I would be very surprised if the Chiefs don't double chase and you're right, by the way, Ben. T. Higgins is really good. Tyler Boyd is good. C.J. Uzama is an underrated tight end. But Chase is the, is the world beater. Chase is the guy that if you take him out of the game, which the Chiefs, by the way, did with Stephon Diggs on Sunday night. He had seven yards. The Chiefs basically were like, he's not beating us. Anything but him. And again, I said this earlier in the pod, Ben, you obviously weren't on yet. 
I actually thought the Chiefs defense against Buffalo played great for 58 minutes. I mean, the game got away at the end, but I thought for 58 minutes they played really well. And I think if they play really well for 58 minutes of this game, they're winning this football game. And I, and I don't think it's particularly close. Look, the bottom line is I, I think Burrow's awesome. I think the Bengals are legit. I, I really do. I just I, They are not going to stop the Chiefs in this game. They're not. I, that's where I just I can't I can't get to. I could see Burrow scoring up in the high twenties. I could see all that. I don't think the Bengals can stop Mahomes. You know they have Hendrickson who's great, but the rest of that line is really beat up. The corners are not up a echelon. I think this is a game where it's like thirty-seven to twenty-four, thirty-seven to twenty-seven. I also agree with the over, obviously, by those scores. But I think Kansas City wins by you know ten, thirteen points, something like that. Yeah, because even if the Bengals can't stop Kansas City and the Chiefs find a way defensively to shut down Burrow and shut down Chase, fresh in their mind knowing that they only scored three points in the second half and let Joe Burrow have that type of game. Yeah, they're not going to put their their foot off the gas pedal this time. Just don't put it in range for Evan McPherson, my favorite Bengal. This guy's unbelievable. Guy hit, hits from 58, and, and it looks like it's good from 70. Uh, that 11 kicks from 50-plus, baby. 11. That's, uh, that's, that's big time. How do, uh, uh, do you see it, Carm? Which way are you going? Well, Carm's Carm, fitting the public, so he's, he's got to go bangles and under here, right? That's correct. Bangles and under, Ben. You, that's, that's the play. If you're, if you're going to contrarian this one up, which i got to stay consistent, somehow Cincinnati – hangs in there and burrow has a huge game the chiefs win it in a wildly entertaining football game and it's uh it's let's put it's a 24 21 or 27 24 somewhere in there and uh yeah the chiefs move on 67 percent 67 percent of the money right now is on kansas city people are pounding them well listen by the way there is one thing in this game that if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you should factor in. I, I don't think it'll end up being the difference, but that game against the Bills was so emotional, and it was such a wild game. Great point. And that stuff sometimes is hard to to come out of the following week. I can see the Chiefs going off to a slow start in this game. Like, they they poured everything into beating Buffalo. And, it, and, you know, like you think about some of the great games in history, right, that, that immaculate reception game in 72 with the Steelers, they lost the next week. The Sea of Hands with the Raiders, they lost the next week. The Chargers beating the Dolphins in the 81 Orange Bowl, they lost the next week. The Minneapolis Miracle, they lost the next week. It's hard. It's hard emotion. Now, now, granted, those teams a lot of times lost to teams that were better than them. I mean, the Steelers lost to the undefeated Dolphins. The, the Raiders lost to Steel Curtain. Okay, the Chargers had to go on the road and actually lost to Cincinnati. So there, there's a lot of to be. I mean, there's 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 layers to that. But when you are in the game like Kansas City was just in, it's hard sometimes to to, to refocus and to come back from that. Look, I, they're better than Cincinnati. They should win this game. But the Bengals are good, and Burrow's been in a lot of big games in his life, and he's won them all. So. He's not going to be intimidated by the moment. He's not. I, I, I truly do believe that. Guy's been in the league for five seconds. He's been, in, but he has. He's been. But man, but even in national title games, I know. I, I mean, we he, would, he's been out of his mind in these spots. So we, we were there. I sat next to Jay Cutler. 
Me and Hunter Armour, we were in, we were in New Orleans Huge. for it. It was an incredible performance, and you couldn't have had more pressure on it. It's it's as big of you. It 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 counts. You're right. He's also been sacked 47 times, second most in the NFL. Uh, that's why. Go- that's the biggest reason I think the Chiefs won the game. Yeah, and they're, they're just going to relentlessly go after him, and I don't think they have to blitz to do it. That was the mistake they made the first game. They kept blitzing. And if you go back and look at the game, they didn't have to. Every time they got, a, a, every time they had a four-man rush, they got pressure. They didn't have to blitz. And Spagnuolo just kept blitzing and blitzing. I do not think you're going to see that this game. They are going to play a cover two shell. They're going to try to take away everything deep. And they're basically going to say, look, you're going to beat us. It's going to be on a 15-play drive. And with that offensive line, that is that is an awfully big task to go 15 plays over and over and over and over. It's just it's it's going to be a, a very, very um, – Hard thing for Cincinnati to have to do should the Chiefs play him that way. In my mind, two things have to happen for Cincinnati to have a chance in this game. Number one, they cannot drop the football, which they did a lot last week. T. Higgins catch the ball. You, you can't like literally. They they're gonna have to play a perfect game. The other, the coaching aspect of it too. Get the plays into them. They he was Burrow's coming up to the line. Play clock's running down. They gotta snap it here. I mean, pressure is on. Tennessee's coming because they, they they don't even have to think. They're, they're, there's one second they gotta snap it, and then he's he's getting cracked. So put him in a better position to succeed. But all right, let, let's flip over to the NFC. Of course, uh, the Niners and the Rams, and we've touched on the fact this is going to be a home game for San Francisco, but. By the way, Carm advice to L.A., you're, you're trying to see who gets tickets here and put it, you know, only this county. Just move the game to St. Louis. Get, get, let, let your fans actually be there for you because it ain't going to happen out there. Just like literally do it, uh, you know, 24 hours. Worth. Hey, we're, we're, doing, we're going back to St. Louis for this one. But, okay, uh, for real, three and a half points here, Ben, and uh, the number's 46 and a half. Which way are you going? By, by the way, if they did go back to St. Louis, it would be an even worse home field advantage than it would be currently in L.A. St. Louis fans are pissed. They're still pissed. They they, they get have over done. They, get over. they have found 31 other teams to root for ahead of the Rams the moment that that team left town, just from, from the St. Louis folks that I have spoken to. Um, as far as this game goes, there's a lot of trends that are not in the favor of the Los Angeles Rams. One in particular is Kyle Shanahan has owned the soul of Sean McVay going back the last two and a half, three seasons. He's 6-0 and against McVay in their last six games. They beat them both times this year, did it handily in San Francisco, uh, and then came back from 17 points down in a game that was fairly important for both teams. Obviously, the 49ers needed it a tad bit more to make the postseason, but the Rams could have had the number two seed or either number two, I'm sorry, number two or number three seed. Um, number two. And then by moving it down, by, by not winning that game, by letting it get away, they ended up falling to the four seed. Now, it obviously ended up working out for them as they're now in this opportunity to be able to host the NFC Championship game. But that, that was still a substantial game that they let get away. I I keep coming back to the number, which is for Matthew Stafford, who is the best in the NFL this year against the Blitz. Uh, That's going to be a a major issue for for the 49ers, especially because of the type of pressure that they they like to generate. And also, I came across a number this week about Matthew Stafford as a comeback player. Nobody has more comebacks and winning comebacks in the NFL than Stafford since he came into the league 12 years ago. And I I think we're at the point where we need to kind of 
take what he's accomplished a little bit more seriously. That throw to Cooper Cup, yes, it was a terrible defensive call by Todd Bowles to be able to send that type of pressure in that situation, but he delivered an absolute dime. And they are extremely confident on the offensive side of the ball. Granted, Cam Akers fumbled twice, uh, but they're giving him the ball consistently, so he's clearly healthy. Um, I I thought they were going to be able to run a little bit better against Tampa Bay, considering that they've been allowing more than five yards per carry over the last three weeks, and they were committed to it. And their commitment to the run to keep play action going for Stafford has been immensely helpful. They're still undefeated this year um, when he doesn't have an interception. So I I think this is the opportunity for the Rams, especially with Odell Beckham Jr. playing well, with the mix that they have on offense and defense, with the fresh set of perspective of knowing what can happen when you do not protect a lead in multiple games. The game against San Francisco aside, you just almost became a Falcons meme last week. Uh, The Rams minus three and a half feels like the right play, and and you're going to get a Chiefs and and Rams Super Bowl, and the Chiefs for – I, I still think this is so funny that after no team in NFL history ever got a chance to play a Super Bowl in their home city, it's going to happen back-to-back years against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're going to be the road team in a Super Bowl two years in a row. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, although I don't want to hear that, Chiefs fans, because last year you had a pandemic where there was basically no fans there. And, you know, Ben, it's funny. I think you'll agree with me on this. If it is the Chiefs, if it is the Chiefs in the end, I'm sorry for the pinging noise. My it's a it's an important text thread from my wife right now. Um, so if that game happens, if it's the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the games at SoFi, I would be willing to bet that place sounds like Arrowhead. Like they will they will pack that place, Chiefs fans. It's it, I don't know the Rams. It never feels like a home game ever. I bet mean, it feels it feels like candlestick on Sunday. And I know the Rams have gone through all kinds of an effort not to let people buy outside. People are going to buy those tickets. That That is like, – if you want to get tickets bad, if you're going to get them. And I remember week 18 watching that game. I couldn't believe how loud it was for the Niners. It really felt like a home game. It was incredible. I, and I guarantee you if the Chiefs play in the Super Bowl, it's going to feel like a home game for the Chiefs. And, and Stafford even talked about it in, in the postgame press conference about how it was hard to hear in their home building. It's it's still, by the way, and Carmi will appreciate this uh, being a, a Chicago Cub fan like like myself. Um, but all those times the Milwaukee Brewers would try to take away uh, any Chicago fans' ability to buy tickets to go see a game at Miller Park. Like this, this just feels so amateur hour for the it Rams really to, to come so out and try to, yeah. Well, we're gonna keep the tickets in this part of California. Just have some faith in your fans. And and even if the 49ers fans end up buying tickets, then then go out and do better and make more fans in the process by beating them. And also understand how the world works. People are buying tickets. You, you overprice your tickets. People buy them on the secondary market. That's, that's uh well, go ahead. The Rams did this to themselves because much like in MetLife, they give, you know, they made everybody spend a, a gazillion dollars on these private seating licenses, which people are like, F you, man. I'm not paying. And Los Angeles is already a terrible sports city when it comes to supporting teams. I mean, let's be, if you're not the Lakers, no, nobody gives a shit. I mean, the Dodgers are spending $800 million a year, and you turn on a playoff game, and like half of the upper deck's empty. And they just don't care. It's, it's, a, it's a city of transplants in a lot of cases. And all of those just don't really care all that much. Um, look. Let's get to the game here. Obviously, Ben, you already gave your two cents. I'll give mine. 
Um, here's something interesting with the, with the 49ers, though. You mentioned how he's the best against the Blitz in Stafford. The Niners rank 29th in Blitz percentage. They do not Blitz a lot. And yet, despite that, they are sixth in the league, tied fifth, actually, 48 sacks. They they get pressure. They get home. Um, I, I, You know, and if you look at some of the other metrics, like pressure rate itself, they're middle of the pack. Uh, quarterback knockdown rate, they are 11th. You know, hurry rate, they're, they're again, they're, they're, they're actually hurry rate, they're, they're toward the bottom. Um, but they don't blitz a lot. They don't blitz a lot. What's going to be interesting in this game is, to me, the Rams give up the fourth most yards after the catch. Like, the Niners are not going to throw the ball deep over the top. It's going to be stuff underneath. They're going to try to get the run. Well, against the Rams, they're going to be able to do that. The Rams have given up a lot of passing yards this season. Okay, they are they are one of the top ten in uh, not a good way. They're, they're tenth, I believe it is, in the most passing yards a lot. Now, can the Niners take advantage of that with Garoppolo? I don't know. The, the both of these teams are very good against the run. They, they each average giving up four yards in attempt, which is which is tied for the fifth best in the league. Okay, so you have a defense on both sides that can take away the run. The Niners against the pass this year have been okay. They do give up a very high completion rate, third worst in the league. Uh, that's going to be an issue for them. But on the flip side of that, they don't give up a lot of shot plays over their heads and yards per attempt against are about even with the Rams, 7.1, 7.2. That's a long way for me to say. I think it's a close game. And so I, I will take the Niners to cover. I will take the Rams to win only because I think they're much healthier. But if Trent Williams plays and he's healthy, the Rams cannot beat them. I mean, the Niners just kick their teeth in every time they play them. They, they're much more physical. Uh, Shanahan has McVay's number. Of course, they know each other so well from their days in Washington together. There have been 22 instances in the playoffs history where a team is trying to go 3-0 and against the other team for the season. That team is 14-8 and all time. So history backs the Niners. I will take the cover. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a game the Rams win, but I, I do not think it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, by the way, my secondary market uh, quick research shows that I, I am wrong about the prices for these tickets because they, they you're you're people want to go to this football game. Cheapest seat to get in for Rams Niners is five hundred and twenty dollars. Um, so that thing is going to be loaded with 49er fans because I assume that, that if it's that the market's that high, they're, they're, they're coming down for a nice weekend in L.A. to see their Niners go to the Super Bowl. Ben, which, by the way, 57% of the money's on the Rams, so I guess I'm taking the Niners. Let's go for the Stafford meltdown. Let's go San Francisco. Uh, hey ben, great stuff, brother. We're Super Bowl week. Let's make some big, big money. Let's do it, guys. Good to see you. All right, Ben Heisler, managing editor, bet sided. Vertoran, we did it. An hour in the books. Uh, what do we got on the wrap up today? What's what's moving around in land, Vertoran? I know you're you're on your way to see some 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 new uh, the rooks coming in, aren't you? I am. At least I hope. My my wife and I have been texting throughout this. Uh, my da- my daughter's daycare has to close right now because oh, of, no. of COVID. Not right. she doesn't have it, thankfully, but one of the people there does, and so. 
hopefully don't get COVID. Hopefully Maisie doesn't get COVID because if that happens, I'm not going anywhere, including the Super Bowl in a few weeks. Um, but uh, the plan right now, yeah, is to cover these games Sunday, get on a plane to Mobile Monday, uh, and, and get down there. And, and I always enjoy that trip. It's always fun. I hate getting there. It's a pain in the ass because there's no direct flight uh, to Mobile. So you've got to go all crisscrossing all over creation um, to get down there. But it is what it is. I love once I'm down there in Mobile. They do a great job putting it on. It's a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun time. You got the, the AFC and AFC Championship games, Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, Combine. It's a lot of moving parts. But I'll tell you right now, second Super Bowl ends, your boy's on vacation for two weeks, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm just not working for two straight weeks. So you're all going to carry the mail for two weeks. I'm, I'm done. I've had it. I'm out. But I, uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. It's a great time to be a football fan. You're still doing the podcast. We're going to force you to. Um, but, no, take your time, brother. I'd like to end the show with a shout-out. Not a shout-out. A shout-at. Grayson Allen, the piece of shit that he is, um, this dude – was a renowned tripper in college. He really is trash. He really, I mean, he, really is. He, he is a total clown. Thank you. Three. He, they had to suspend him at Duke his junior year after he tripped a kid at Elon for the third time. They said they would suspend him indefinitely. They suspended him for one damn game. He's come in the NBA. He's battled it out with... Uh, uh, Trey Young in the summer league. Can you check what Shrek football is talking about here? Um, I'm looking it up, but that's not uh, that, that can't be correct. Um, he's battling out with Trey Young in a summer league game. That is he correct. Is at, he's a new GM. The Bears are hiring Ryan Poles. Yeah. Can you break down Ryan Poles for me? Because uh, I can't. I can give you a quick synopsis of it. Ryan Poles is coming over from Kansas City. Um, he's been working his whole career there. He's been there since 2009. So he's been there since the Pioli days. Um, he's only 36 years old. He's a young guy. He's seen as a, as a, a bright, forward-thinking guy in the organization. Um, he, he stayed on from the Pioli years to the Dorsey years, stayed on Veach, got promoted a few times under both those guys. Um, I mean, he's overseen a, a team in a front office that's drafted Kelsey. Hill, Mahomes, Fisher, Sneed, Humphrey, Peters, Nelson, Bolton, Gay. Uh, I mean, so I, I like the hire. That's a good hire. He's young. He's got, he's got, I think, some new ideas. Energetic guy. Um, I, I think it's a good move by the Bears. Um, hang on one second, Irvin. I don't want to end the show because I'm just going to put it out that we're talking about it right now because some, some Bears fans might jump on jump in here. Hey, so. Is that who – like, I, I, it's very hard to know who to hire, okay, in a GM search. A lot of these guys haven't gotten the opportunity to be a GM. You have absolutely no idea if they're going to do well. We don't know if Ryan Poles will do well. Sure. There are people – there are people, and but you can look at a guy like Omar Khan uh, who has been, been with – with Pittsburgh. Right, who's been with the Steelers forever. That organization is as good as it gets. I mean, would it, was there anyone that you were saying, this is who the Bears should hire if or and or the Giants? I mean, did the – who between Poles and Joe Shane, who 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 did better? Do you have any hot takes on this type of stuff? 
No, I, I don't. You know what? I think it's it's just so hard to say that. Like it's yeah. these guys haven't been in the big chair, so they're not proven in that regard. But I like that the Bears went out and got a younger guy. Not that Pace isn't younger, I get that, but I, I think you have a better shot of being successful than going the Giants route where you, you hire Gettleman and you know the guy's 180 years old. Poles has been around a losing organization when they were when he was first there and they were terrible. And now he's been around the most winning organization in the last handful of years. I think it's a good lesson of this didn't work, and this did work. It's also a lesson of you better have your damn quarterback. Because he was there and they had Matt Castle and he was there and they had Patrick Mahomes. Like you now see, like this is this is the path here. I, I think it's a good hire. Uh, he's a New York native, by the way, Western New York native. Um, and he was signed by the Bears out of college. Uh, he, he never ended up playing for them. He played at uh, Boston College. Um, you know, never never made an NFL start. But look, I, I think I think it's a good hire. Like you don't know, you don't know. He may end up washing out, but I think from what we know, I like it. Pedigree, who he's worked under. Dorsey's an excellent GM. Veach is an excellent GM. Um, that's. That's all. And I see Chiefs fans asking if they get a third-round comp. I have to check if that's for head coach only. I'm not sure. Um, but regardless to the Bears, I like to hire. I do. Uh, let me, let, I've, I've heard that he's he, he's highly thought of in Kansas City's build. All right, let me just give a – let me let me just throw something the other way here. Rick Smith was out there. The guy was enormously successful in Houston. He left. They went in the, and went in the tank. He's done the job before. The Bears have no history – of being able to identify guys who can do things that they haven't done. So I would be wary of that. I'm not saying this guy can't do it. I have no idea. But these are just things to be wary of. Uh, props to the Bears from this seat. At least they didn't go out and hire a damn head coach before they hired a general manager. You got the order of operations correct, so congratulations. If they had done that, even though they've interviewed 7,000 coaches to this point, at least they did this correct. GM first. Let Ryan Poles figure out who he wants to hire. I've seen people in the chat speculating about Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the the whole concept that's out there that that Ryan Pace or rather Matt Nagy came over from Kansas City and he failed, so you can't go down the Chiefs. That no, that's, is, that it, that's a stupid way to look about things. So I hope they don't do that. If they think Eric Bieniemy is the right head coach for them, then hire Eric Bieniemy. Um, don't you, you don't. You don't look at it like, okay, Nagy didn't work out. That'd be moronic. And clearly they didn't look at it like that because they just hired Ryan Poles. So, all right, um, order of operations, correct. Betting on someone who's never done it before and you're the Bears, uh, you, you don't you get the benefit. You got to find your guy, man. Like, you got to find I, your guy. And right, but you could you could go – you could have gotten a seasoned guy, dude, who, who knew how to do it. But, but if Ryan Poles is a guy who's 25 years, like, you're set up. And – by the way, the answer: uh, the Chiefs apparently getting a two compensatory third-round picks over the over the next two years. So um, that I'll I'll, I'll double-check that. That appears to be the situation. Okay, I like the hiring. I do. Um, he's worked in a successful place for a long time. And and by the way, the the last guy to come out of the Chiefs front office that went somewhere was Chris Ballard. He's done okay. Like I get it. I get it with. With you know the naggy stuff, and he came from Kansas City. The Chiefs typically people leave Kansas City; they do all right for themselves. Ballard did all right. Dorsey went to Cleveland, immediately built up of that roster. Uh, Peterson went and won a Super Bowl. Like 
And look at all the coaches that are under the Reed tree, right? I mean, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott. People that have come out from under that organization, those influences, have done okay. I think I think it's a good hire. I really do. From pace to polls. That's right. <laughs> that should be a podcast. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go fan-sided. Uh, the only thing that bothers me right now is that he completely wrecked my Grayson Allen rant. Uh, Grayson Allen, the NBA, you should be embarrassed by yourself. One you game. Explain what Grayson Allen did that set you off, because I'm sure a lot of people have no idea. Okay, so uh, Alex Caruso uh, on on a breakaway. Here comes Allen flying in to try to block a shot at the rim. Get grabs him with uh, his his first play on the ball was fine. His second play on the taking you down to the ground was not. Alex Caruso broke his wrist, is out two months. The NBA suspended Grayson Allen, who's got a history of these things, for one damn game. That's embarrassing. Warsaw, Grayson Allen, after he injures this guy, doesn't go over him, does nothing, has a smirk on his face, goes over to the sidelines. He's on the bench. He's smiling at his teammates. Giannis Antetokounmpo, why didn't you take him by the shirt and say, hey, dude, this is not what we're about, and or Mike Budenholzer, anybody say, like, dude, we don't want our best guys. We don't want Chris Middleton getting taken out of the air. We don't want Giannis having – this is not how we play basketball. None of that happened. And I'll even throw a little bit of shade at the Bulls can't do it nowadays but old school that dude is in the fifth row Charles Oakley would have kicked the living crap out of him when he was a bull and or uh anybody after that I love that Bert Ram just got up and is, is going to do something I can't you... wait to read this book so I'm gonna give this man a free plug this guy yeah. me like three days ago Chris Herring all right blood, blood in the garden. garden there we Flavor go history of the 90s next I tell you something I tell you something right now that happens to that team back in the day as you just mentioned, with Charles Oakley, yeah, that man's dead. Like it, it would have been a, the it next would have been a time he comes down the lane. And let's face it, if you're the Knicks back then, if and to be fair, there are a lot of teams back then. You let him drive the lane, and he pays an ungodly price coming into the paint, right? Like I, I agree because that was the first thing I thought of when you were telling that story. The shame that is now the NBA has gotten so soft that God forbid every, I mean, there, there'd be a whole thing. And everybody has to. If this was the '80s or the '90s, he would he would get killed. You wouldn't have to worry about the NBA handling it. There'd be some frontier justice. He'd come down the lane, and about three different guys would try to actually kill him, and that would be the end of it. That would be the and the NBA wouldn't have to handle the suspension because he'd be out for two years. He he landed. He put Caruso in a position where he landed incredibly awkwardly on his shoulder. He could have broken his neck. He did break his wrist. What does the guy do? He walks around with a smirk on his face. Dude, what are you, uh, uh, what are you, Dick Butkus? By the way, who the hell is running Dick Butkus' Twitter account? Because it ain't I think Dick it's Butkus. Dick Butkus, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's not Dick Butkus. There's no way. Look! Look at look at who Dick Buckus follows. He's following Bob Fesco, my guy. Like, how the hell does Dick Buckus know who Bob Fesco is? Some, someone's running Dick Buckus's account. Um, hashtag Dick Buckus, who's been on the show. We love you, Dick Buckus. It was amazing when he was on the show, and it was, was amazing. We love you. Awesome. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, enjoy championship weekend. Good luck to your Chiefs, Vernon. I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be biased for a second here. Um, so. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend of football. Hopefully we get half of this that this week. And good luck to the Bengals, too. I hope it's a super, super competitive game. Same thing on the NFC side. 
Uh, Hunter Armour, good luck to your 49ers. And, uh, yeah, hit that like button. Hit subscribe, YouTube. Just click on it. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Verram, good work, brother. You as well. Thanks for everybody in the chat. Gonzo, Jalen, Shrek, you're in front of me now. Cheeto Freak, Cheeto Freak's dad. We love all you guys. See you next week. Tuesdays at 11, Stack in the Box. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.